0: Boom. Enjoy the show. Out. Boom, sure. what's going on, guys? Hey, Byron Rogers here. Once again, Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. I run a private security company called Bravo Research Group out of Orange County, California. Um, today we've got a special episode about home security. Good to go. I um you know, we've done I've done a lot of stuff around securing homes, but a lot of it's been Uh, Kind of the VIP in the VIP space, a lot of big facilities with, you know, a lot of resources, a lot of assets. Um, So what I really wanted to do for this episode is bring a specialist in who understands a lot more about kind of the civilian-esque consumer like side of security, you know, stuff for, you know, the civilians out there who are just trying to keep their family safe, you know, the stuff for us when we get off of work while we're at work, you know what I mean? Like how we're keeping our family safe while we're out protecting people and things like that. So I got Andy Murphy here from Secure Dad. Uh, he also runs a podcast and talks about all this stuff. And uh, so it's an honor to have him here. How are you doing, Andy? I am doing well, sir. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's an honor, man. I look forward to um, really kind of like you know, helping those of us who help protect other people understand how we can protect ourselves with this one. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So that's good to go. Good to go. So Andy, I have, um, wrecked some people's intros before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, ahead and break it down. You know, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, which I think is, is going to be actually pretty cool here in a second, where you come from, what you're about, all that fun stuff.
1: Sure, man. Um, At the end of the day, I'm a husband, uh, I'm a follower of Christ, and I'm a dad. And those are the things that are really important to me. You know, being a dad, you know, we're called to be protectors and providers, among other things like being a bedtime storyteller and a Nerf target for your kid. I was a Nerf target for about 30 minutes last night, and it was actually a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, You know, being a dad is like the greatest role that you can play uh, in your life and, and a big part of making your family happy. And I know you know this, Byron. Is security. A lot of us don't think about that anymore. We think about being happy. We know we've got to have the latest car. We've got to have the nicest house. But a lot of what happiness is based on is being secure in who you are and where you are. And I, like other men, want to help them enjoy family life to the fullest. And that means that making sure that our families are safe.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I agree 100%. And for the stuff we're doing, and we're going to be talking about it today, it doesn't take, you know, you don't have to be a, you know, black magic wizard secret squirrel to do this stuff. No. This is stuff that like everyone can do. If you're a mom listening uh, and, you know, you, you got kids, you know, if you just want to protect yourself, you're a woman just listening. You're like, yo, I need to be smart about how I protect myself. Um This is going to be a podcast episode for you all the way up to if you're a protector like me and you have to leave, you know, your family every single day for 16, 18 hours a day or weeks on end, you know, and you really want to understand uh, more about how to do that safely. You know, Uh, we're going to dig into all that stuff with Andy today. It's going to be good. It is. Um, So at your core, who are you, man? I like to get into the person before we get into the tactics. Sure. Actually, just said that, but. Is anything That's else?
1: all right. You know, I was, I, you know, at a core, I am a person who realized that my personal safety is my own responsibility. Boom. And not many civilians realize that yeah. a lot of us, you know, we feel like we're dependent on the police, fire, and EMT showing up to help us when we need it the most. And they mm-hmm. will, please don't, don't misunderstand me. Mm-hmm. But in those first few minutes, it's on you. Yeah. You know, I've talked to plenty of police officers and they're going to say, you're going to be on your own for a while. So you better, know what to do. You better know how to react. There's some people who say, you know, you need to be your own first responder. And that is true because you need to have the mindset. You need to have the skills and you need to have the understanding to keep yourself safe in an emergency and to protect those you love in an emergency as well. So at my core, I'm just a guy who woke up to the basic human fact that my life can be taken from me at any day. I may not see it coming, so I better be ready.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. I couldn't agree with you more. I, we had a, a, a an episode with Michael Julian on active shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, I think he wrote a book called like just 10 minutes or. 10 minutes to live. Yeah, 10 that minutes to live. Yeah, man. And it's a short period of time, but it's your entire life. Uh, right. And it's going to be in your hands and it's going to be the synergy, like literally the output of a lot of decisions you've made over the course of your life either right or wrong are going to, but, and the grace of God is going to Mm -hmm. dictate the outcome of whether we're ready or not, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's really, really heavily to be, to be considered. I think with also in light of this last, you know, incident we just saw in New Zealand, Mm -hmm. um, while I was watching the film from that shooting, I think what, you know, you know, my condolences and respect for all the people involved and prayers for them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think what really got to me was that guy was able to run through that whole couple of facilities out on the streets, run around in that whole entire society unchecked, unchallenged by good men, like right. And that just showed me that, that was a that was an area of society of, of people that you know, they really hadn't previously thought about or dealt with the reality that they may one day be faced with, protecting mm-hmm. themselves. Right, you
1: know, and its it's morbid that the guy decided to live stream mm-hmm. the event, but you can look at it and you can learn from it, and I think yeah. what a lot of people have learned from it is it was lightning fast, and yeah. a lot of people don't understand how fast violence is, yeah. and you've got to be ready and you've got to have the mindset to be able to say, "I want to fight for my life and I want mm-hmm. to fight for the life of the people that I love.
0: Yeah, yeah, and sitting there wondering, you know, is this real? It's going to get you mm-hmm. killed? Why sure. is this happening? going to get you killed uh why is this happening to me this isn't fair this is horrible Uh you don't have time for any of those thoughts when things go down right like like, just like you said you got to make these decisions before they happen you know so you can have that sharpened instinct to react in a way Uh that might help you survive or help your loved ones at least survive right um yeah last thing i'll say on that the only antibody to evil men on this planet is good men by the grace of god that's what i think (laughs) You know, uh, this, so this is the game. So how did you get into doing what you're doing with educating all this stuff? Was there a precipitating event or anything like that?
1: Well, yeah, actually there was. Uh, and it goes back to 1999. Uh, okay. Back then, two students in, at Columbine High School decided to attack their classmates. Yep. I was there. I was uh, in high school at the time. And I went to school the next day. And I sat in my homeroom class. And I looked across the room. And I said, you know what? If one of my classmates pulls out a gun out of his book bag, you know, the school resource officer is not going to get here in time. Nope. And so I've got to be willing to do something. I've got to be the one who takes care of my life. And I've got to be the person who takes the responsibility for that. And with that, I realized, okay, if something goes wrong, I need to know how to get out of here. And who am I going to grab and take out the door with me? that sort of thing. So that mindset began and I started working on building my own situational awareness and the adversarial mindset on my own before I even knew what those terms were. Mm -hmm. So I was always this person who I watch everybody who walks in the door, you know, what are their hands doing? You know, I don't sit with my back to the door. I'm paying attention. I do look at my phone in public on occasion. I'm human. Mm -hmm. Don't judge me. But, uh, Yeah, I'm one of these people who likes to look at what's going on around them. You know, I enjoy reading books like Left of Bang and Gift of Fear. Mm -hmm. And I like to watch, you know, the videos by, you know, yourself and Ed Calderon and Yosef Badu. And I'm that guy who gets into this sort of stuff. I find this stuff fascinating. Um, So that really kind of changed my thinking way back then. And I was always this person who wants to make sure that my friends are safe. You know, we'd go on a trip or something like that. I'd, you know, call or text somebody and be like, Hey, did you make it back? Okay. Yeah, sure. Mom, thanks for checking up on me. You know, I took a lot of that, but, uh, you know, I just want to make sure the people that I care about are, are doing safe. And then back in, um, 2015, you know, I had a successful for a successful career as a videographer, doing a lot of stuff, met a lot of my career goals. And then at Thanksgiving of that year, uh, God tells me you're gonna do something different with your life. I started working on my writing career. I came across this guy, Michael Hyatt, who's a writer and an entrepreneur himself. And he asked, uh-huh. you know, what's your passion? What can you write about all day long, every day, yeah. and not ever get tired of? And for me, that's family protection. Yeah. I wanted to share you know, how I was protecting my family because I know that there's other dads and other moms out there who want to share that mindset. So the secure dad started as a blog, then it grew to a book and now it's grown into a successful podcast where I get to talk with and learn from awesome people like you.
0: Fantastic, man. Um, that's awesome, bro. I love to see the trajectory of that. How did you said, well, one, Ed Caldron, Yosef Badu, if you guys don't know who they are and was a narcotics, uh, federal agent down in, um, Mexico for about ten years. Uh, now he teaches civilian survival tactics on a number of different levels. We got him on uh, one of the previous episodes, fire episode, all about human trafficking. We gave him two episodes. Mm-hmm. You guys got to check that out. Joseph Madu also teaches uh, the Hunter Killer program to the Marines. You look all that stuff up. Left of Bank, that that school of thought and discipline. Uh, we also have him on one. Of the, it's within the first five episodes, I believe. As far as what you were saying here, um, Andy. You mentioned two terms, essay, situational awareness, and Mm -hmm. the adversarial mindset. You want to break those down real quick? Sure.
1: Um, The basic understanding that I tell the people who listen to my podcast and the people who read my blog, situational awareness is simply just knowing what's going on around you, understanding it, and knowing how that affects your personal safety. Um, And of course, the adversarial mindset is something that I love, and that is thinking like a bad guy. I was born yeah. with the adversarial mindset. Mm-hmm. I remember being in first grade thinking, you know, I can take something off of my teacher's desk if I cause a distraction over here. Everybody's looking <laughs> over here I this way. But I'm a I'm a good moral person, so I never did that sort of thing. Yeah. But just there's that there's that dark yeah. spot in my mind that, you know, tells me I could do this if I really wanted to. So I just have to reverse engineer what I think yeah. to try to take that from a perspective of a protector.
0: Mm. And why is the situational awareness so important?
1: Well, you know, we were talking about uh, the situation with New Zealand. Yeah. You you see a car pull up and a guy get out who doesn't, you don't recognize, dark Mm -hmm. clothes, got a firearm. You got to know immediately that this isn't good. You've got to get out of here, that sort of thing. And sometimes the signs of violence are just not that obvious. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, you walk into, you know, the average Starbucks, you expect people to be, calm they're going to be keeping to themselves they're going to be looking in their phones so a guy who comes in with his hands you know shoved down in his pockets he's looking at everybody he's looking around he keeps his back to the wall those are the sort of things that are going to help you understand that this guy is different and i need to pay him more attention
0: yeah you when gotta pay you, attention to who's paying attention exactly <laughs>
1: Um, uh, yeah, I will, uh, I'll sit in church and I will, you know, when everybody's like looking up at the screen, I take mm-hmm. a look around at everybody else who is not looking. Yeah. And usually the guys who are not looking are the, uh, police officers who yeah, are looking back at me. Guys
0: are like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other players on the board, predators, exactly. recognize predators, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's good. And then, uh, the adversarial mindset, seeing things through the eyes of your enemy, Mm-hmm. I mean, this is how you stay ahead of the curve. This is how you make sure that you see all the gaps in your own security strategies, you know, and scrutinize them and, you know, yes. punch holes in them before the enemy does, you know. Uh, two huge components to security. Probably not new to a lot of listeners, but if they are new to any of the, li- to even one of the listeners, worth uh-huh. going through. I mean, worth yes. going over. Yes. This is the foundation of a secure mindset. Next question. What is your favorite quote, mantra, uh, saying, et cetera?
1: Sure. The the quote that I like to tell people is from one of America's greatest philosophers, Mike Tyson. And he said, <laughs> yes. everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yes. And that is absolutely true. And it's, I used to be that guy. Yeah. You know, I used to be that guy. I was like, you know, I think I have a plan for how this is going to work. And then all of a sudden you get punched in the mouth, either literally or emotionally or at your job. And then you find out maybe you weren't as strongest person as you were. Yeah. And I, I, um, I took a self-defense course. I studied self-defense one-on-one with an instructor for three months. Uh Paid somebody to punch me in the face over and over again. Thank you. And I was like, you know what, I'm a whole lot better off now because I now know what to do if I get punched in the mouth, like literally get punched in the mouth. And when it comes to home security, you know, if somebody starts to kick in the front door, I know what to do. I can take those steps. I'm ready for that punch in the mouth.
0: Mm -hmm. And you realize you're not so fragile. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the Mm -hmm. fear is the worst
1: part. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. You're not made of glass not yeah. right, trust me.
0: You, you can get punched in the mouth. It's like kind of okay. Like it'll make your Mexican food kind of sting more than <laughs> you want it to. You know, probably <laughs> yes. the yes, probably be I. Right, you know, and, uh-huh. unless you know, depend on the situation. But yeah, no, I love that man, and it's true. I think after you get punched in the face, if you're not inoculated to it, that's when you really find out. That's where you go find your character,
1: man. That's, right?
0: That's exactly. So so moral of the story, get punched in the face as much as you can before you're doing it for real. <laughs> All right. And learn from it and grow mm-hmm. from it. Embrace it. Every time. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. Uh, so who should or shouldn't worry about uh, fortifying their homes? You know, like, is there certain demographics you think shouldn't worry about it? Like if you live in, if you're like in a rich neighborhood, should it be kind of something you're not sure. as concerned with?
1: Well, you know what? Everybody thinks they live in, t- in a nice place until they yeah. don't live in a nice place, you know, yeah. until the neighbor gets broken into, or you find out the people across the street are running a meth lab and you didn't know about it.
0: Yeah. You know, or the- a brothel. Just having <laughs> one of my clients, yo. Oh, like, wow. It's, it's like high end, highest end of the high end neighborhoods. And mm-hmm. It's some high end brothel going on. <laughs> I mean, like everybody's in the neighborhood. Exactly.
1: Yeah exactly. And you know, when you go into a neighborhood, you you look at it and you think oh everybody's got their yards kept up nice and people yeah. are not parking on the street or or whatever it is you're looking for in a neighborhood. But you know, it's it's something that we all have to be concerned about at one point or another.
0: Yeah. 100% I agree with you 100%. And you know, a lot of criminals drive to nice neighborhoods. Yes. Park on the other side of the fence get out and they hit you up and they do it during the daytime while you're at work. A lot of times too. Um, I used to think like nighttime was the right time. Mm -hmm. Not so much when it comes to burglary, like they know all you guys are at work or maybe your wife's home with some kids, you know, but that's when you're most vulnerable from what I understand is that makes, is that, uh, yes.
1: Yeah. The common criminal isn't going to want to have uh, a face to face throwdown with you. They're going (laughs) to want to get into your house quickly, quietly, take what they want and leave. I think the average home invasion lasts 11 to 15 minutes. And these guys, they want to come in, they want to grab the stuff that they can easily pawn and make cash from and then go on. But you know what? You're right. A lot of us are worried about what happens at night, what happens when we're asleep. And there is a phrase that I've heard a few times, and that is when somebody breaks into your house during the day, they want your stuff. Somebody breaks in your house at night, they want you. And that's the big difference. And that's what we need to understand. You know, honestly, if somebody were to break into my house during the day, you know, I feel like I'm ready for it. I don't have anything that valuable. You know, insurance is going to replace it. But if somebody breaks in at night, they're after me, they're after my family. That's when things are going to escalate.
0: Game on. Mm -hmm. That's a good phrase. I have not heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. In terms of uh, weapons, because I know, you know, you have children or for our listeners who have children. Are you using any specific safes for your gear or any type of like quick access uh, control mechanisms for firearms and things like that?
1: Sure. Shopping for, you know, a safe for your firearm is is something that you could spend weeks and weeks and weeks on. So generally what I tell folks is they need something that they can access quick. Um, A lot of people want biometric because it looks cool that you can just put your fingerprint on it and then the door pops up Mm -hmm. and you have access at that point. Some people have done tests where their hands are sweaty, which, you know, if you're going to be in a situation like that, your heart's going to be pounding. You're going to have all this sort of stuff happen. Do you really want to risk using a biometric scanner? Isn't going to work if your
0: hands are sweating. Because um, you, your your hands, even if you're a gangster, grandmaster, black ninja, wizard, you're still your hands can be sweating. Exactly,
1: you can't fight what your body's going to do. We all yeah. have these responses. Um, so you can have that. You can have uh, something that goes in through a code. I. Generally, tell people don't use something that has a key because then you have to go find the key. Yeah, then you have to yeah. come back. You can have the key as a backup to get in in case the battery dies on whatever safe you're using. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I have seen people talk about the success they have with um, the locks that don't actually have a battery backup. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, I'm forgetting what they are called.
0: We can look it up later. Yeah, out, sure.
1: Yeah, that that'll be fine. But yeah, there there's just locks that uh work all on their own. They don't need a battery. Mechanic. Okay. Yeah, and they just they I think Fort Knox is a good company that makes that sort of stuff. That's the big heavy stuff. Vault Tech mm-hmm. has a lot of cool looking stuff. You know, you can attach an app to your safe and take a look at it, make sure it's not been tampered with by your kids and things like that. But the, the underlying thing that you're looking for with a safe for your firearm is is it going to keep it safe? from your kids, are they gonna mm. stay out of it? And then also, are you gonna be able to access it quickly? So really, it's, it's up to personal taste, really. Mm. It's what you wanna spend, where you're going to put it, and if you have to plug it in, that sort of thing, make sure it's near an outlet or you have enough of a battery supply for it to last and make it work for you. Yeah, okay,
0: sounds good. Yeah, I have mostly conventional safes and things like that around the house, but I've been curious about the biometric stuff because uh, it just seems so convenient. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, I have to, I need to just get one to mess with it and get more well acquainted with it, you know?
1: Uh, sure. You can do a review. I'd like to hear it.
0: Heck yeah. Good idea.
1: There Good you go. Write it off.
0: Boom. Um, awesome. So any common misconceptions about home fortification that you're aware of? Sure. Yeah. The biggest
1: myth in home security is that you don't need to do anything about protecting your home until somebody breaks in. Mm -hmm. And that's when people start thinking about it. You need to think, um, you know, home security is proactive. It's not reactive. We have to make plans in advance so that when something goes wrong, that we we have a pre-planned course of action to follow like a layered home defense strategy. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I like to talk to my folks about is making sure that you have multiple layers in place so that if one thing fails, you still have other layers to fall back on to protect your family.
0: Okay. Awesome. And that's kind of, that's what we do. The uh, multimodal approach. I love that. So I guess what would be, we're going to get to answering that question a little bit more. What would be like the mindset? Is that the mindset behind home protection or is there?
1: Sure. I think the mindset behind home protection is having a secure mindset and one that embraces situational awareness and the adversarial mindset like we talked about. Oh. And then you've got to apply that to your home, too, with something that is going to make sure that your family is safe when you're there, when you're not there, if you are personally there and your family's there and you're not. Something that's going to work for everybody. One thing i I like to... Mm. So write about everybody. Exactly. And and that's what a lot of this stuff is. It's simple steps. It's not complicated. Mm-hmm. Some of these things are actually going to boost the curb appear of your home. It's not, I'm not recommending that you put bars on your window, even mm-hmm. though in some areas that that is necessary. That's and if necessary. you're in that area, you you know where that is. Um, but what families really need to do, they need to understand that they can be the victims of a crime. Yeah. Nobody likes to think about that. Nobody likes to go to that deep, dark place and mm-hmm. says, what is it going to look like? when two people rush through my door and start yelling and waving guns around and you have to embrace that you have to look at it and say okay i'm not going to be scared about this anymore i'm going to take what was once fear and i'm going to turn it into preparation and i'm going to turn it into a tool and i'm going to use it
0: to -hmm. keep myself safe heck yeah dig that turn that fear into preparation and productivity Mm -hmm. love it i mean fear is a that's till i'm about to go on a whole nother podcast talking about that fear yep. is a powerful power motivator man and it is i uh i'll sit here and tell you i am a i'm a very brave dude like i got a lot of audacity and i got like superpowers i get from jesus and stuff mm-hmm. but, so i'm really not i'm not scared of a lot of stuff but i allow myself to be afraid of things in order to really motivate the heck out of myself like a reverential respectful uh sure fear. you know you're mm-hmm. in reality here you know so none of us are surviving this make the most of it and be smart with what you got you know mm-hmm. I, I dig that i love that principles and strategies let's get into that uh so you were talking about a multi-layered approach mm-hmm. so principles and strategies for home protection break it down Sure. So what I do
1: is, you know, when I wrote my book, Home Defense, The Secure Dad's Guide, it is written around a four-layered approach to how you need to protect your home. And that is discipline, deter, fortify, and defend. Hmm. Now, discipline is a thing that not a lot of people think about when it comes to home security. And that's discipline for your basic behaviors. And that is like just as simple as going around and making sure all your doors and windows are locked at the end of the day. You got to commit to Arming your alarm system. Don't do things like post vacation pictures. Like if you live in San Antonio, Texas, and you are skiing in Aspen, Colorado, people are going to figure out that your home is empty. So don't do those sorts of things. Don't tip your hand that you're gone. And those are those basic behaviors that we need to do the small things, everyday, easy stuff that doesn't make our home a target.
0: So next we have, so basically, real quick on that discipline. <laughs> You you need to, uh, the civilian factor, the mm-hmm. civilian, the factor of, uh, not being mindful, mm-hmm. not being consistent, not being aware that danger is there, danger is present and danger is watching, um, that is huge. Like, that is one of the biggest things I think that civilians, silly villains get taken advantage of because they don't. They just be thinking nothing bad can happen, and they do stuff like this. And, right. and they live in a bubble. And they live in that bubble until it gets popped. And, uh-huh. you know, with some of these incidents we see online and that I post on Instagram, it's like a lot of people's bubbles get popped at the same time sometimes. Like, I just, you know, I'm like, this is a huge, like, this is not – A component to this strategy to take lightly. This Mm -hmm. is this is the type of component to this strategy that you could do everything else right. You can implement, you can have the most gangsterous, biggest, baddest security strategy Uh at your house fort Knox. And if you forget to set the alarm, or if you leave the windows open, or if you start posting pictures while you're out there, you know, at in aspen skiing. You ruin the entire thing, so it's like, it's right, like Exactly. Whole layer of security, the human component, which is generally the failure mechanism to the whole entire thing. You know, social dynamics. Like you can, you can get put in a situation where you jeopardize the entire thing. You know, when mm-hmm. I mean, comes to the door dressed like the pizza man, you can just ruin the whole thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, right? So mm-hmm. you've got to This situational awareness, discipline component. It really does take a mindset and a perspective. And you need to take it seriously. And I think part of being a good leader in the home is communicating it to all the rest of your family members. Exactly. Who are in your crew to also take it seriously because, you know, little Jessica and Stacy and your wife and all the other ones that haven't had anything horrible happen. God bless them. Mm -hmm. um, And you don't ever want anything horrible to happen. They also can ruin it, too. And that's going to be to their detriment. So, uh I don't know. I just didn't want that point to just go by and people are like, yeah. sure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I'm going to get this machine. That's going to do all the work because it's not going to work.
1: Right. And and people want to just go out and they ask me all the time, Hey, what's something that I can buy that's going to keep my family safe? I'm like, well, there's not one product. That's a solution for everybody. That mm-hmm. That's not how it works. If there's going to be one thing that keeps your family safe, it's going to be your mindset. It's going to be that discipline. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. You know, we have a lot of, people who read my blog or my book or the podcast and they're like, okay, I get it. But then they have a hard time going and communicating to somebody, you know, let's go back to that Mike Tyson quote, somebody who's never been punched in the mouth before, you know, yeah. they don't know. So you have to find a way to talk to them and explain to them the world is a beautiful place, but sometimes it's dangerous and you yeah. gotta be ready for that danger.
0: Yeah. 100%. And that's part of the, just the reality. It's like the painting game mm-hmm. my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that, by the way. Thank you, man. I dig that. Thank you. Okay, so step two.
1: Step two is deter. And honestly, this is the most overlooked part of home defense. You know, you need to make your home a hard target. I mean, you work in executive protection, you try to make your clients a very hard target. And it's the same thing for us at home. We need to make sure that thieves don't, you know, they don't, when well, they look at our house and they look at our neighbor's house, mm-hmm. if your house is lit up, And the bushes are trimmed and you don't have a car in the driveway, but your neighbor on the other side, their home is dark. They've got a very nice weekend car, like, you know, the 64 Mustang sitting in the driveway that says, Hey, these people have disposable income. Mm -hmm. That house over there, your neighbor's house is going to look like a much juicier target than your house. Mm -hmm. Want your house to look like it's going to take a lot of work to get
0: into it. And like, these people are paying attention. They got motion sensor lights. They got, you know, mm-hmm. go ahead. Sorry, I did you go Sure, ahead. no, man. Uh, so, you
1: know, we just need to win the fight before it ever even starts. And mm-hmm. that is keeping the people, you know, if you want to keep somebody from kicking in your front door, you've got to keep them off your porch. And then you got to keep them off your lawn. And then you got to keep them just passing by your house. That's mm-hmm. how you win that. You know, that's as simple as like we were talking about, just add light to entryways. And mm-hmm. that's going to be something that really is going to make your house nicer. It's going to look good and it's not going to be, you could probably get your family to go along with adding light to the outside of your house because that's not dangerous. That doesn't look different. And so that's actually one of the really key things into deterring someone from coming and selecting your house as a target is that it's so bright, it's so lit up, they can't hide anywhere to get close to your home.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Man, it is a tactic. You know, uh-huh. it's almost like that. You don't have to be the fastest guy. You just got to outrun the, you, in a bear attack. You just got to outrun, yes. outrun one or two dudes. You know, yeah. I mean?
1: you don't. It's it's a race to be second slowest.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, with regards to you know a lot of deterrence, you know, it's it really is. You know, if you look at the way predators hunt, they're going to be looking for the easiest target. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be looking for the sickly, a little bit slower, right? Uh, easier target. And mm-hmm. that's going to be the one that's going to be hit. Or they're going to look for the juiciest target. Like, yo, this looks like it's going to be a big payday, you know? So, you know, this is kind of in that adversarial mindset, you know, you've got to look at your home and look at your assets the way someone from the outside looking in would, would look at you. Right. Yeah. So that's no, that's good, man. Okay. What else we got? So we got fortify. And that is, you know,
1: strengthening your doors and windows. I was really surprised to learn over the past few years that the easiest or the most common way that criminals gain gain access to your house is through the front door and through the windows. You Mm -hmm. know, I never thought about that, but the front door, a lot of people, they'll just kick in the front door or they'll go around to the back door and sometimes the back door is left unlocked Mm -hmm. and they just, you know, come on in. So if you really want to fortify your home, upgrade your locks. Don't use the cheap ones that you find at Walmart. At a minimum, use a Schlage deadbolt on all of your exterior doors, including Mm -hmm. the door between your garage and your home. I have an attached garage. Mm -hmm. And so there's a deadbolt on the door between the garage and the kitchen where we Mm -hmm. come in. And that is locked all the time. Because in family life, inevitably, what's going to happen is one of your kids is going to go, they're going to take the trash out and they're going to leave the garage door up. And if you are not in that habit of locking the door between the garage and the house, somebody can just walk right in. And you've made that really easy for them. Mm -hmm. And you've made your home a better target than maybe what your neighbors had going on. Um, And if you're concerned about somebody picking your deadbolt lock, I know a lot of people like to um, pick locks and things like that. There's a thing called a flip guard that you can put on the back of your deadbolt and it Mm -hmm. actually keeps the switch from flipping over and actually opening up the door. So that's like a $15 ad that you can put on your house. It doesn't look any different. You just put it on there and you're good to go. Another thing that I like to use for fortification is called a door jammer. And what you do is it's this pole and you wedge it up under your uh, handle for your door. And if somebody tries to kick on it or try to push it in, it's a multiplier for strength. And it's going to keep that door from opening and it's going to keep that door from from coming in. And that's mm-hmm. just a simple thing you can do. Nobody else knows that it's there. Mm-hmm. It's just something that you've got. It's a car that you can keep close to the vest and that sort of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good to go. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm thinking if I was going to break into a house, I would probably essentially like pull up with a, like a moving truck looking vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I would go right over the fence into the backyard where not really much anybody could see me. Mm -hmm. I might sit there for a few seconds just to see what the like, like I would sit there and see what the flow of traffic and stuff is like and see like if there's anyone really paying attention and I would break a back door window or something like that quietly as I could and try and gain entry to the house that way. That's That's right. And and that's
1: one thing that I encourage people to do is go stand outside and look at your house and say, how would I break into my own home? Mm -hmm. And then you find those exploits and then you fix them.
0: Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. that's that
1: whole adversarial mindset working for you. What would you do to rob your house? Yeah. And I like your idea of the moving truck because people are just going to see that, you know, especially if you show up at the end of the month when people are usually mm-hmm. ending their contracts, you know, yep. on their apartments or their rentals and things like that. That's not an uncommon thing to see at all.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, and then I, in my mind, kind of with my strategy too, I, I kind of plan on my house being broken into every mm-hmm. single time before I leave. I'm kind of like, okay, so if someone breaks into my house, What are they going to get I make sure that everything that's out and accessible is all stuff. That's like burnable. Like, okay, exactly. Okay. Come on in. If you want to, I've got a King Corso and a Doberman. You can have fun with that. And then (laughs) then you can figure out, uh, (laughs) you know, the rest of the flow, but all my really valuable stuff is like double triple layer secured Mm -hmm. um, with a number of different mechanisms. So that's, I mean, that's kind of another mindset piece that I work with. I think they can value, people can, can benefit from. Mm-hmm. And then did you have another step to this? Was sure,
1: sure. The last one, the, yeah. the the inner circle is called defend. And that's mm-hmm. when we physically have to protect our family from an intruder. You know, I recommend the use of a safe room mm-hmm. for your family to gather in. That's a that's a rally point that people can go to. Uh, you pick a room with minimal doors that can be barricaded. And as uh, I like to, I like to tell people, keep your old school wire phone. Uh, because when you call nine one one, your name and address is going to pop up on their screen, and that's going to save you some time. Hmm. And then uh, also in your room, you need to make sure that you have windows that face the street so that when the police arrive, you can open the window and communicate with them. And you can toss down a spare key on a lighted keychain and help them gain entry to the house quicker so they can find who has come into your home. And this will also help you, you know, deploy your self-defense tools like your firearm and things like that. So you know, keeping everybody in one place. In with, with my folks, I tell them, don't go looking for trouble because you're going to find it. Uh-huh. But With somebody like yourself who has a great skill set and knows how to do things like that, then you might be a person who can go out and move through your home and try to find that threat and minimize it as quickly as possible. But for the average person, I tell them, get in the room with your family, barricade the door. Your job is to protect your family inside. Let Mm -hmm. the police find the guy who's broken into your home. That's their job. Your job is to protect your family.
0: Yeah. Do what the SWAT team does. Contain and protect. There you go. (laughs) It's that trash. Yeah, I mean, get to your spot, contain your family, protect them, and let the force multipliers for you get on the scene and overwhelm the enemy and, you know, you know, if you can sneak out that with that street side window safely, and they can facilitate you guys getting out of that building, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's great tips for the for the hard room, um, and then fortifying that hard room. You know, like you can even take a two by four, put some hinges on the side of the door. We've done mm-hmm. this with some hard rooms, and uh, you know, drop a two by four in behind that door. You know, most grown men can kick a door in. Exactly. So start if especially if they've done it before and know how to do it. They, mm-hmm. You just, doors are like for civilians y'all be thinking that you're safe behind doors if you lock the door the <laughs> right. door is like gonna uh. take about two seconds you know what I mean um, right. that's yeah, like t- a- False. Go look
1: at your doors at home, folks. I mean, they're they're hollow. They're empty. Yeah, they're um, like yeah exactly. And, and I guess it's just cheap and it's easy to put in. But mm-hmm. um, that's that's what we get stuck with. You can upgrade your door to a solid core door if you want mm-hmm. to. You can have somebody come in and install that, and you can put a heavy duty door knob and lock combo there. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea about dropping the two by before in Mm -hmm. behind the door and that's just something you can keep tucked behind the door the kids don't have to see it all the time Mm -hmm. anybody comes over takes a tour of the house they're not going to see it because it's tucked behind the door i like that a lot
0: yes and the kids just got to know like yo little johnny you come in this room you take this two by four and put it in between these you know two Mm -hmm. little uh, holsters on the wall and uh hide in this corner in the closet Mm -hmm. with the phone and that's how you get down and wait You know, right. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. Maybe a ladder by the window. One of those, you know. uh, Yeah. For fire safety, at least, you know,
1: if you Mm -hmm. if you're in a fire, you get your family to that room and you get out.
0: Yeah. One hundred percent. Any medical considerations? Also, those would go in that safe room as well. Um,
1: Right. You know, you can have uh, a first aid kit there. And another thing to to take into consideration with your family is if everybody's rallying in that safe room. If obviously, if you've got a six month old, somebody's going to have to go get that six month old and bring it in. If yeah. you've got uh, an, an older person living with you, you know your 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 mother, your mother in law, somebody may have to go get that person and bring them yeah. back. Yeah. Um, and what I have discovered in being a dad mm. is that when kids sleep, when they finally actually get to sleep, they sleep really good and they sleep soundly. And for the first few years of a kid's life, they can't hear loud noises like a smoke alarm going off. Mm. And you think as high-pitched as that is, the kids would hear it and they would wake up. But really, in actuality, they don't because they don't really know that it is something that dangerous they need to worry about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why a lot of times parents have to go get the kid and come back. So, you know, in the middle of the night, somebody breaks in, your alarm goes off. You can't count on your younger kids hearing them. So you might actually have to go and get them and bring them back in. And this is something that you all can practice during Mm -hmm. the day when you're not under stress, walk through the steps, know how it goes. So when something does go wrong, everybody knows what to do.
0: Yep. And, you know, a lot of times we're coming up with strategies like this. this, The the selection of the room is really important. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to select a room that kind of in the flow of retrieving everyone. uh, It's kind of at the end of the hall, you know, in the right spot. So that everyone, so it's kind of going to be a natural flow to this room. It, it, a lot of kind of the selection of the room is really important. And those are just some considerations. You want it to be street facing. You want it to be somewhere that everyone can get to easily. You want it to be somewhere that you can maybe visit a room or two and retrieve people and get back to easily. And the rehearsal of the plan is important. You know, uh, it's not going to be important until it's like dire. You know what I mean? <laughs> right It's one of those things that you really want to uh, make sure you go through with your kids just like you're educating them about the birds and the bees and all these other stuffs. I don't have kids yet, but I'm sure I'm gonna have to do all this stuff <laughs> oh yes
1: yes you will it'll change your life
0: man it'll If I had to life. yeah right if I had to do this stuff go over these types of drills with my marines, then I'm sure <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> go over with my dang you know with my family 100 percent and I do you know me and my wife we got some we got all kinds of plans man um, good deal. Yeah. So what would you say that is the most important thing for someone to consider? If there was like one chief thing for uh, someone to consider when it comes to home safety, almost like a ground zero, what would you think say that would be?
1: Right. You know, we made the the point earlier about discipline and what you do every day, but I really think the next step in deterrence Is the biggest thing that we all overlook because so many people are like, you know, what's the, the one alarm system that I can buy that's going to keep people out of my house or what's, what's the best firearm to use for home security? And I'm like, listen, yeah, what's the, what's the right tool? What's something that I can buy to do it? But the best way to keep people out of your house is to keep them from choosing your house from being a target in the first place, Yeah, you know? don't ever let them kick in the door because they don't want to step foot on your property. You know, if your neighbor's houses look like an easier, softer target, that's on them. You you're not in charge of their house. You're in charge of your house and your family. So just keep people away by communicating to the thieves that, Hey, this is going to be a hard target. It's not worth your time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we do a lot of that with uh, the place of worship places of worship that, mm-hmm. you know, we, that I work with, man, and that my company works with, a lot of it is just like, Hey, when you come to this house of worship, there are guys with guns here. Mm-hmm. Unapologetically standing out here saying, welcome, smiling, you know, being nice, being professionals, tending mm-hmm. to anything you may need that's security related, but there is accountability in this environment. Slightly different, but it's the same type of thing, you know. Like no, no, I agree. Yeah. That hard targeting. It's no, you should probably just go to the church down the street because this one's we're prepared, you know, we're mm-hmm. paying attention. You know, I forget who uh it was, but uh, I wanna say it was like a, a tactic they used to clean up the streets in New York. Uh they got like a new police chief in and, and he one of the main things he did or the subways in New York, one of the main things he did was cleaned it up. And mm-hmm. By cleaning it up and by paying attention to the little things, it kind of set the tone and the environment. And they saw crime decrease dramatically because people started realizing like, hey, people care, you know, right there's a broken window and it just stays broken over there. And no one really cares. Like you can do whatever the heck you want around here. You mm-hmm. know, but if there is a nice, if that window gets replaced instantly, if everything's painted nice, clean and pristine around here, okay. There's accountability here. People care. And humans have a psychological kind of, um that affects them and they act differently in those environments you know so yeah i would have to agree with you man win the battle before it even starts is is wisdom right and set the tone i like that yeah so you know they say rookies want to buy uh are looking for tools and hardware professionals are looking for software mindset you know cuz one mind you can use any weapon once you're in that in that spot um but in terms of some tools uh is there a certain alarm company or alarm system or anything like that that you'd recommend?
1: Uh, well, first off, thank you for calling it an alarm system. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should ever be called security systems because <laughs> right. they don't sell security. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. You know, these alarm systems, they're supposed to do three basic things for you. Mm-hmm. And that is alert you and a call center that, you know, something's going on. They're supposed to make a loud noise and scare off whoever tries to get in. And then they need to document what happens through your video surveillance. So as long as your security system is doing those three things for you, you're doing good. And I know a a lot of my friends who have moved into new houses and there was an ADT sign in the yard, the security company sign. And they're like, well, I just left that out there. You know, the last people had it, but I don't pay for monthly monitoring or anything like that. And I'm like, that's a mistake. You need to make sure that your house is being monitored because what happens when you're not there to respond to a threat? Right. How else are you gonna know? Yes, you're gonna get an alert on your phone, somebody's gonna get an alert at a call center somewhere, and then help is gonna be dispatched. Even though the caveat there is police are really slow to respond to alarms when people are not around because there's so many false alarms that happen. So yeah. you know, make sure that you get a good alarm system. Um, if you can do those three things, man, you're doing, you're doing good. And anything more than that, honestly, is a bonus for you. I'm waiting to upgrade my system to when somebody comes out and, you know, digs a moat around your house and puts sharks with, you know, freaking lasers on their head out there. Wow. That'll be, okay. that'll be something worth going for.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But chances are,
1: you know, you're okay. Just, just pay for that monthly monitoring. And if it does those three things, you're going to be fine.
0: Okay. Yeah. And you know what, it seems like that's like another layer that can, uh, Um, kind of uh, compensate for the human factor of oops, I forgot to set my alarm. Oops. I I mean, I forgot to set the, well, yeah, I forgot to lock the door and I left the garage up and, Mm -hmm. you know, just the human factor of we're just not machines and we're not right.
1: Right. Yeah. I like, I like to talk about doing a, A family safety sweep where that is every night a member of the family usually the mom or the dad whoever's there they go around check all the doors make sure they're locked make sure that the alarm system is set to go make sure that your garage door is down if the dog needs to be in for the night the dog is in that sort of stuff so that every day you just get into the habit of making sure that you don't make those human mistakes
0: yeah safety habits huge yes Huge. Uh, cameras, any suggestions on that? Like Nest Cams, are those cool? Like, is there, what are you thinking? Sure. Well,
1: you know what? The Nest Cameras have uh, been in the news recently for all the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, they um, were, people would be in their house doing stuff and a voice would talk to them from outside of the camera because somebody oh. had gained access to their camera and was watching them. Hmm. That's great, isn't it? So um, Google owns Nest. And what they said was happening was people were not using strong enough passwords to protect their accounts. So hackers were going in and they would find a note email address uh, Mm -hmm. that was associated with a Nest uh, product and they would go in and they would just hammer those email addresses and try to log in. And in a lot of cases they were getting in easy because people were either using repeated passwords or they were using passwords that were not strong enough. So it was not necessarily that people were, Your next-door neighbor was hacking your camera. It was, you know, somebody in China watching you and your family. Yeah. And so uh, while those things are cool, and as long as you set up a good, strong password, I don't think a Nest camera is going to be a problem. I have had, I've actually been playing with a couple of Blink cameras for the past couple of months. Mm -hmm. And uh, both of mine just up and suddenly died. So um, I had to call blink and go through the process with them. And they're like, okay, we're going to send you two new cameras. As a matter of fact, I'm expecting them today. Okay. Um, so yes,
0: we fixed it. And we're trying to fix it.
1: Exactly. Um, but it was like three weeks before I noticed that my cameras weren't really sending me notifications. So they were that, yeah, <laughs> 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 they weren't doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a little on me because I wasn't looking at it every day. Um, but you want to make sure that whatever camera you have it's going to work. Um, I, I still think that you know the nests are cool, um, the connected home stuff is cool with a blank camera, but you can still go to you know Best Buy, Sam's, uh, Walmart, wherever you want to go, and you can see these big eight wired cameras that go to the the DVR and the mm-hmm. record everything twenty four seven. Those are still good. Um, you can go and get one of those. I would have those professionally installed. So that you don't have to worry about climbing up on the roof of your house and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, if you're going to go with a Nest camera, get a strong password. If you're going to get a blink camera, you're going to have to keep an eye on it and make sure it doesn't die like mine did. I hope that these replacements aren't going to have that problem. Um, so just just be aware that they all have their quirks.
0: Sounds good. No, that's right. Moral of the story, get good passwords. You know, and there's a number of different softwares to help with that now.
1: There is. And that's one of the things that I have. That's my personal struggle as a dad is I wasn't taking the digital aspect of my family security very seriously. Hmm. And over the last six months, I've been very open with I'm learning this stuff. This is what I've learned. I want to share it with you. I want to make sure that your home Wi-Fi, you're not using those default passwords that come with your wireless router because Hmm. people can get in. They can own your system. They can do whatever they want to with it. And they can do some mm-hmm. scary stuff with it. I don't know if you want to get into that or not, but yeah, yeah your, your digital life.
0: Home. What's up? Sure. Um,
1: okay. So with your home Wi-Fi, and I just did a whole podcast on this, mm-hmm. I'm one of these people. I'm not terribly tech savvy. So mm-hmm. as long as the thing worked, I was like, Hey, must Sweet. be good. And, hey, it's good. All right. Fire, now we, we got fired. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, yes. Now you can go back to playing iPad now. All yeah. right. So I never really worried about it. And I got to talking to a friend of mine who works in law enforcement, and he Mm -hmm. told me a story, and I don't want to repeat the exact story Mm -hmm. that he said, but he opened my eyes to what someone can do with your system. If you Mm. don't know that they're there. Mm. And one of the things that people can do is once they have your your Wi-Fi router, as long as they're close enough to you and they have a device that's close enough to you, like if you live in an apartment complex, Mm. there's 50 people in that complex, then 50 different houses can see your Wi-Fi. So you need to make sure that, one, it is password protected. Two, it's not associated with your name. Like I wouldn't name my Wi-Fi network Andy's Wi-Fi. you to be like, oh, wait, you guys named Andy two doors down. Okay, I know now which one is his network, that sort of thing. So, you you know, that, that predator comes in and says, I'm going to pick and choose here who I think I can get into easier. But once somebody does have access, you know, they can do something as simple as, you know, run their Xbox off of your Wi-Fi and slow down your stuff. And you know, and that's not cool. Mm-hmm. But also if that person is into dangerous stuff like child pornography, mm-hmm. they're going to use your Wi-Fi, your network to traffic that stuff, not theirs. Mm-hmm. So that when the police are looking into this case, your IP address comes up, not theirs. And they're going to come knocking on your door and they're going to mess up your life for a while until they know that you're not that person. So you really need to understand what is going on with your Wi-Fi make sure it is secure. Uh, I do something called MAC address filtering on mine. And this is a simple thing that anybody can do on all their stuff. If I'm not tech savvy, so if I can do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, you know, every device has a MAC address. It's like a VIN number on your car. Mm-hmm. and they're assigned by you know apple or whoever else owns their stuff and so you allow your wi-fi network to see those devices and anybody who tries to join that network even though they know your network name and they know your password if you don't have that third step of a mac address that's approved for your network they don't get access nice. so that's going to knock down a lot of people who are just going to try dumb stuff yeah. um, and it doesn't take a super hacker to get into this sort of stuff. It can be literally the kid next door who's
0: going to mess you up. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, we, I just did an episode uh, talking all about this digital stuff. It's crazy. It's another legitimate level of security that you need to understand and you need to be able to defend against because a lot of things can happen. What do you think about all the technology getting into uh, door locking mechanisms and things like that? Have you seen that stuff's been getting used against the wrong people yet?
1: I have not seen a new story yet. And I'd actually like to know your opinion on this, too. Yeah. Um, I think that if it's somebody steals your phone, they have access to your house because you might use a Bluetooth connection to open it. Or somebody in Bangladesh, like you said earlier, can unlock your door for somebody else to come in the old school way of breaking into a house. You physically, you have to be there to do it. You have to stand on the porch with the lock picks and go at it.
0: Yeah.
1: I just, it's, it's too risky for me at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, especially with these nest cameras getting hacked so easy as they were.
0: What do you think about it? With the technology, man, like, Technology is permeating everything we're doing but the reality of the game is you know like you said to have a failure point like a cell phone to give someone such access to everything um without any kind of mechanical protective mechanisms as well in there i think i think it's a huge failure point to have i think it's a gigantic failure point to have people get kidnapped right. things happen mm-hmm. um and so you know and also, we're still in this like wild west, like is like the ocean or outer space right now, as far as I'm concerned, we're still in this like, you know, heroes are emerging, hackers are emerging, techniques and things are growing and, at a ridiculous pace. Mm-hmm. And so I think before I would like put any of, you know, really heavily put my my safety, my client's safety behind any of these technologies, 100%, I think there's a lot more evolution that I'd like to see, you know. Um, That's wise. And- I like that. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's like putting a red dot on your gun. Like they're great, mm-hmm. Make shooting really quick. Like make it. They're really good. They're great. Like I have them on my guns. One or two of them, couple of them. But at the same time, you know, it does still take a battery. You know what right. I mean? Like, right? It does. It is still you know really really strong glass, and like it. It's another failure point. It just is. Mm-hmm. Like it helps you ninety percent of the time, but it is a failure point in that 10 percent when it does not work like when I was at a competition the other day and it was raining and I was just like yeah if it ain't raining we ain't training and I was all like <laughs> having a good time and then mm-hmm. I pulled my gap out in order to run my stage and it was I was staring at like a big red flower for my my reticle uh-huh <laughs> the shot timers going you know and I gotta like now I'm like all right bro, backup sites what are you gonna do I had to power through the stage um it was like you know what technology's great but You still need to know how to do it mechanically, I believe. So yeah, layers, man. Keep them layers there, you know, I think. Mm -hmm. Placement of safety tools, we kind of went over. Um, But do you have like a certain code? Like there should be common areas should have things. I mean, for me, it's like common areas, Uh, you know, bedrooms where you're going to be most vulnerable and things like that. Do you have anything you want to say on that?
1: Um, You know, I'm going to tell people, make sure you have something in your safe room. Um, Mm -hmm. If you carry during the day, don't take your carry setup off until you go to bed at night. Just keep that on you. So, you know, in regards to keeping these home defense tools at the ready, definitely have something that's going to be in your safe room so that, you know, in a worst case scenario during home invasion, you have something in there that you can use. If you're a person who has a concealed carry permit, And you go out for the day and you come back home, you know, just keep it on during the day so that you have access to it. And that way you don't have to worry about having multiple safes and that sort of thing or your kid getting hold of something they should not do. Um, Mm -hmm. So so you can have it with you. There was a a video that I shared, and I think you've probably shared it too. It was of, thankfully, a botched home invasion in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. where three guys bum-rushed a door, got it Mm -hmm. open two of the guys were armed and the homeowner shot back mm-hmm. all in the span of 12 seconds. And so I, I'm thinking like this guy clearly had his firearm either on him or right next to him when he was eating lunch or whatever he was doing. Cause it was in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. So, that guy having quick access to that tool probably saved his life. Now I don't know the the backstory behind it, but I yeah, was yeah. They like
0: they were trying to break in, and they were aggressive. And yes, <laughs> like, it was like that it was, was not okay. Like it was like oh okay, oh, that's the, a little bit like that's game time. That's what that is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I watched it over and over again. I'm yeah. like oh my goodness, you know. And there was of course you know we see this because there's the the surveillance camera above the door. Mm. They didn't care they did it anyway. And some yeah. of these intruders are just going to be determined to hurt somebody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's another one that was kind of like that with a mom. She was home with her kids and the intruder, like it shows him breaking in. And I think she ends up, she ends up shooting him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it shows it on the clip, but it was kind of one of those where I was watching him break in. And I was like, bro, you know, you're on camera and you're still acting like this. Right. And I'm like, geez, man, like, the whole mm-hmm. sneaky criminal thing isn't necessarily the only kind of criminal th- in, in reality. Right. And, you know, you and I
1: are logical people, so we use logic. Yeah. Some of these people who commit these crimes are not logical or they're not in their right mind. They're on drugs. Yeah. Their Their mindset is altered. Yeah. So it's, you know, you're not always going to come up against a criminal who has a moral code.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or is detoured by basic things that you think might detour someone who doesn't want to get caught or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um Yeah. Outstanding. Uh, Tools for education uh, in terms of home safety. Yeah. Any fun ones?
1: Sure. You know, I'm a person who likes to read. So Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to suggest, you know, books like Left of Bang, uh, Protecting the Gift, which is all about family safety from author Gavin DeBecker. But one of the other things that I'm going to tell you is go get hands on training.
0: Yeah, get
1: punched in the mouth like we talked about earlier. Go get firearms training if that's going to be your home defense tool. Know how to use it, know how to run it. Um, Also, get training in emergency medicine. You know, I've been certified in first aid. I've let my certification lapse. That's on me, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I want to get it back this year. That's my goal is by the end of 2019 to get more emergency medicine training because chances are that's probably what we're going to use. More than anything else is, you know, if we come up on a car accident, God forbid that our family's in one, we need to be the ones who get there first to try to limit the damage of that situation until the EMTs can arrive and provide better care to get them to the hospital. So make sure you get hands-on training because you've talked about this on your podcast. When you get into a panic, your fight or flight or freeze responses are going off. You're going to default back to your lowest level of training. And yep. that better be something more than just standing there calling 911. You yeah. better actually move your feet, move your hands, do what you need to do to survive and, prote- and to protect.
0: Yeah, 100%. That, that is, a, you can answer that question better. Yeah, get some training. Get mm-hmm. some training. Um, really, yeah, you know, upgrade your upgrade your software. The hardware is good, but upgrade your software and get yourself inoculated to the stress of things and some understanding of, of things, you know, and that's why I post all those real world action clips is so people can be like, Hmm, that's how that went down. That worked. That didn't work. Evil exists. This is horrible, but you know, becoming more well-acquainted with reality Mm -hmm. is going to help you deal with reality a lot better. You know, cause a lot of us just people that live normal lives, they don't have any bars of programming in there to really recognize and accept or effectively deal with mm-hmm. if they're faced with it, I don't think.
1: Right. I'll tell you a funny story. You'll laugh at this a lot. And this is from me when I was doing my um, self-defense training. Mm-hmm. Um, so my instructor, he would get in front of me and we were about to, I was about to demonstrate the move that I think it was a two-handed choke, getting out of that. And so he, you know, squares up And he's telling me, you have to be in a passive stance because you're not in an active, aggressive stance everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, sure. So he takes one step for me and I base out. You know, my arms come up, my feet come out. And he's like, I haven't done anything. You're you're overreacting to the situation. Normal people don't do this sort of thing. You're not going to do this normal. I'm like, and I said this famous quote, I don't let people get that close to me. (laughs) And he called me on it and he said, okay, watch this. So he's like, let's just pretend we're passing each other on the street. So I start walking towards one end of the mat. He starts walking towards the other. He looks me right in the eye and he's like, Hey man. And so me being the nice polite person that I am, I'm like, Oh, Hey. And the next thing I know I am facing the other direction. He has both hands on my throat with these like huge mean killer eyes. And I'm like, how on earth did this just happen? You know? And I was like, And I started going through all these questions. And in that moment, I panicked, even though I had just learned the move that I was supposed to execute. At Mm -hmm. first, it didn't come back. And -hmm. that was a huge learning point for me. And it was, you said it earlier, when something goes wrong, you can't try to reason why it's going wrong. You just have to react, figure that part out later. You yeah. will figure it out later if you survive the encounter because yeah. you make the right moves when you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a funny one there of, yeah, my, uh, my instructor put me in my place and helping me realize that, you know, I'm not as smart as I am. And so, yeah, yeah. that's one of yeah, those. I had a plan and then I got punched in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Sideways from there.
0: I think a lot of people for it's just like jumping into cold water. Like evil is like. I can tell you a story. Of, like when I first really came into contact with like catastrophe, and I was just like, uh, "What's happening here?" You know what I mean? Like, I it was my first night when we're gonna take over Haditha in Iraq, and I was we showed up on top of the Haditha Dam. We painted skeletons on our faces. We drove through the desert and got ready to do the invasion. I watched the power to the whole entire city get shut off. It's like you're, you're driving at, you know, 3 AM towards the city. And you're just like going over all these hills in the desert. And you're just like, we meet up with our Iraqi army dudes and they're like, you Know they're like, um, you know, Chismac, you know, one Tuscan, like, you know, Entamoy's in, is in. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's up? Weird, crazy people. I never, yeah, you know I mean, like, you're sitting there, <laughs> like, trying to synthesize right? all the things. Like, is this so? This is the guys we're going to be fighting with. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Hope they're all good because some of them weren't. And then you're like, all right, this is about to happen. And I just remember, you know, a, a Bradley flew past us and they're unfortunately ran over an IED and boom. I remember staring at that explosion and I remember it made a mushroom cloud and I remember thinking like, wow, I thought only atom bombs made mushroom clouds. And then I remember kind of looking at myself and being like, dude, you're surprisingly calm. And I remember thinking like, this looks like a movie. This seems like it's not even real. And then that voice inside me was like, you don't know what real is yet, son. Mm. And there was that moment where I kind of was like, Dude, you were to get with the program, homie. Like this is you. This is Dorothy. You're a long way from Kansas. This is real, bro. Like you are about to go into, and then then you know we got our boots on the deck and shot pobs into the, the 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 into a minefield and blew a huge trench into that minefield. It's like hundred and some odd, a uh, hundred and like one grenades on a string with a rocket attached to it. Boom! Blew a big. Mm-hmm. You know a big trail through there. Tanks went in, thunder runs. We started playing Led Zeppelin, green smoke Whoa! went into the city <laughs> and you're running in behind these tanks, you know, and it's just twilight zone. But I just remember the first couple of times I I saw things like, you know, and I'm listening to the rounds cook off in that Bradley and all the crazy stuff that's going on. I'm just staring at it. and My brain's just like, you know it's like jumping into cold water so it takes you a second now since then when i've ran into things it's just been like like i just yes this is evil this is the way the world is there's no why there's no you know and that's i think the edge that guys that have trained themselves have on a lot of civilians is you're going to achieve a higher level of violence more quickly in self-defense or as needed because you can skip all the, why me, this isn't fair. Why is this happening? This is so horrible. I can't believe that's an arm on the ground. Like all this different stuff, like just doesn't phase you because you're already acquainted with it. And that's that I believe can be trained for through mindset. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Memory lane, man, our guns. Next question. Are guns necessary for home protection?
1: You know um, I'm pretty sure you and I both know people that we are glad don't own firearms true. that are not prepared for, they don't know how to use it. So technically, you know, the answer to that question, I guess, is no. Um, but I think if you're going to own a firearm for self-defense, if you're going to make that a part of your layered home defense strategy, know how to use it, know how to run it, know, you know, if I point it in this direction, And I fire a shot and I miss, it's most likely going to go through the drywall. It's going to go into another room. It may actually leave my house. Mm -hmm. Those are all important things that you've got to account for with uh, your firearm. So, yeah, I think if you are going to train with it and you're going to use it, absolutely make it a part of your layered home defense strategy. If Mm -hmm. that is not your thing, it's okay. There are other Mm -hmm. things you can do to try to make yourself um, less hard of a target. But Mm -hmm. we know when you have a firearm, it's a force multiplier. It helps Mm -hmm. create distance. So if you're not into guns, you need to try to find something else that's going to help create that distance and be that force multiplier for you.
0: Yeah. No, I I think it's a complicated question. Technically, I don't think it's worth it. Technically, I don't think it is necessary depending on the threat relative to the situation and the threat. Sure. However, the way I look at it is look, if the bad guys can have one, I need to have one. Otherwise go. I'm going into a poker game with no aces. Yeah, I mean like right. if they can have an ace, I need to be able to have an ace. You know, if if they can have I need to be able to have the highest level of lethality, actually want to have more lethality than anything that I'm gonna be facing out there in this game. Um, lawfully, you know. Right. Uh so that that's the way I look at guns, you know. I just and in, in, in my opinion, I want for me and my family, I want to be able to provide the highest level of protection, which will probably incorporate the highest level of lethality with regards to, you know, my capability. But is it necessary? I think you can sur- you can probably survive without it and you can probably get by without it. If
1: I, I know that uh, I know where I stand on that issue. And, and you said, you know, the bad guys are coming in with it. You know, I, I should probably have one, too. You know, don't bring a <laughs> knife to a gunfight.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be.
1: And and this goes back to, to you've got to look yourself in the mirror one day and say, what am I willing to do to protect my family?
0: Yeah. Am I, am
1: I willing to sacrifice myself and my safety and and my well being? Yeah. Am I willing to inflict injury to other people? Am I yeah. willing to inflict an injury to a point that they might actually die? Yeah. And that's that's a question that every man has to answer for himself. Mm-hmm. And and you have to be brave enough to ask that question. And then understand the answer that you bring back. And that's Mm -hmm. where you start to be a protector.
0: Yep. And also the other side of protecting is, you know, if I neutralize that threat and I, you know, ventilate that dude and he drops his weapon and he's not capable of defending himself, I'll throw a tourniquet on him. (laughs) I'll throw a tourniquet on him real quick. Mm -hmm. I'll stop the bleeding, you know, start the breathing, protect the wound, treat for shock right quick. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's okay. You know, that's part of, for me, that's part of being a protector, you know? Right. It's one hand. It's just like spanning behind me. (laughs) You know, the quiet storm, you know, but it's all, oh, there's a time for everything, man. It's Ecclesiastes. Uh, Right, exactly. Dogs. Effective, not effective. What do you think about dogs within a home security stratagem?
1: You know what? I am a dog person. I love dogs. Um, So I absolutely say get a dog. Get a dog. And um, like I've seen, um, you've shared uh, Instagram pictures and videos of your dogs. You can have intimidating dogs. You can have not intimidating dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, and, and there's, an, uh, there's an important thing we need to understand here. For me, um, as part of the layered home defense, I want my dog to be able to bark at something that it thinks is wrong. Yep. I want it to start and I need to listen to those cues. Like my dog last night alerted to something and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And so he starts, you know, you know, digging at the back door and I'm like, okay, so I let him out and I go out there and I look with him. Let's see what's going on. I have to respect what my dog is telling me. Yep. I want my dog to be able to alert me to a developing situation by barking. I am not counting on my dog to sacrifice his life for me because yep. unless your dog has had training, that, that's probably not going to happen for most of us. You know, yeah. I like to use the, um, the protector hashtag on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so when I click on it, the thing I see the most is I see young women with their arms around like a golden retriever or a lab and they're like, oh, he's my protector. I'm like, well, maybe he is. Maybe. Maybe he's yeah. not. Yeah. Don't,
0: yeah.
1: don't leave that up to, all, you know, don't. Uh, don't the. Worst the <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Don't leave that up to, to finding out at the worst possible time that your dog is going to run.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I remember this, this one dog we had it was so hard to train and I was actually, you know, reading these books and stuff. And the one mm. thing I got out of it was the dog is always going to do what's best for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, like <laughs> Stimulus response
1: creature. Yeah. Right. Your, your dog is, is not, um, he's, he's not an AR-15. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, he, it's a dog. So just, but you know what? You know, dogs are good for families. Dogs are good for, for, for the neighborhood and for your house and stuff. So absolutely. If you were yeah. looking for a reason to adopt a dog, you know, just say that Andy and Byron told you to adopt a dog. Go for it this weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Your dog might even like nibble on you while they wait for the cops to come. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you may not have known that about your dog, but it could have, right? Yo, mm-hmm. uh, no, nah, man, I i agree. I believe like the dog is at the level of like alert, like deter, and mm-hmm. alert. you know, if you get right. in the house when I'm not here and King and Truth don't know who you are, it's just gonna complicate things. It's gonna be complicated. Right. You're gonna have like 200 some odd pounds of dog, there's gonna be like, yo and they both got their nuts still. You know what I'm saying? So like, this they, they can get complicated, you know? Right. Uh, uh, you know, so that's kind of one aspect of it, deterrence. Um, the other aspect of it is also, you know, alert, you know, mm-hmm. good luck sneaking in. And that, This is one where those little dogs really come in handy. Cause like, I personally am not a little dog guy, you know, Right. but uh, you, you throw like a little Pomeranian in the mix you're going to know because their life depends on their yes. ability to hear things coming otherwise they're getting snatched up Exactly. Outside. Those little yep. guys will give you a heads up anything comes near, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can go ahead and lock and load make sure you're where you want to be for the game. Right. Uh, so yeah, for me the dog part of the strategy is primarily alert and deter. Right. That's where I fit that into the whole the whole game. That's funny. Uh, but I agree with you 100%, you know, people we think dogs are as like sentient and aware and conscious as we are. I, I, I think they love and I think they feel emotions and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it takes a lot of like honor and, and things like that to really throw down and be willing to die for a person, even as as a human, you know. Right. Um, so that's not I don't think that's something you want to put on their shoulders. Do you have a favorite piece of gear, tool or equipment uh, that comes to mind with regards to home defense?
1: Sure. And, you know, I'd really like to say, you know, hey, it's a, it's a Smith & Wesson or it's a Glock or something like that. But honestly, <laughs> I think the best thing that you can do for your house, and it goes back to deterrence, is buying something called a dawn to dusk light bulb. Yeah. And what these things do, you screw one into your porch and then you flip the porch light on and you walk away and you forget it. And there's a little sensor in that light bulb that is going to turn off when it's daytime and it's going to turn on at night. And it's going to light up your entire entryway and it's going to say to a thief, hey, you know, I can't hide in the shadows to get here. Everybody in the street is going to see me trying to kick in this door. I'm going to move on. So for like $7, a light bulb can really help protect your family.
0: Yeah, and up your deterrence game considerably. Mm -hmm. 100%. Absolutely. That's good stuff, man. (laughs) It reminds me when I was little and I used to play army in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. we would run around in fatigues and I had this other buddy, both of us went to the Marine Corps. We would, we had the best time running around fatigues and like certain houses had those lights, those same motion sensor lights. And we hated them because it would be like, we'd be speaking by and the lights would come on. We're like, ah, and we'd like run. (laughs) Remember we had this one like kind of rich kid. He was like a pastor's son that we would we like drug over to my house. I was like, kind of like middle class, poor to middle class. And I remember we tried to play with him and he, <laughs> <what>? he sucked <laughs> Stuffed at it. And I remember me and my buddy were like, come on, man, you got to hide. Like, you got to sneak around. and he mm-hmm. You got to like, get dirty. And maybe he was just smarter than us. And he's like, guys, what are we hiding from? <laughs> <laughs> what are we hiding from? It was horrible. He just ruined. I don't think me and my buddy... Ever played that game after that day? Um, Oh goodness! ah, You know,
1: but you know what? You need your kids to be like that. You need to 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 get have that instinct to hide and to run and to fight if necessary. And that's that's you know, I'm glad that you're you're telling that story because I would do that sort of stuff too. You know, my my favorite tool of choice uh, in backyard battles was uh like a the plastic baseball bat. It wouldn't really hurt anybody, but man, I could Mm -hmm. swing that thing like nobody else. And um, just having those instincts, you know. you know, fight with your friends and that sort of stuff. That's going to help inoculate you to be, you know,
0: ready for what life throws at you. It's true. That's true. Absolutely. No, that's absolutely true. Those play fights help for the playground fights that help for real life, you know? Um, Okay. Now all these things we've talked about, can safety be achieved on a budget, you know? Yeah.
1: Absolutely, they can. You know, the the biggest tool that you have in your home defense arsenal is your mindset. And you can change that pretty easily. And once you start to do that, you can start to prioritize what you need to do for your house. You know, if you want to, and you need to get a home security system, you know, figure out where you can sacrifice elsewhere to pay for that monthly monitoring. Because, you know, we'll all pay for Netflix, we'll all pay for Hulu and whatever it is that we have. But people are like, oh, I don't know, $25 for home monitoring, that seems like enough. Well, you're spending $25 a month on all this other stuff that you don't need. McDonald's and trash. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. You know, make this a priority in your life. Um, But yeah, you know, you don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to to defend yourself. You just need to change your mindset and make changes that are applicable to your situation.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Most of it is decisions. Most of it is, hey, let's get some better light bulbs. Let's get some little like umpteen dollar pieces of equipment that'll fortify our windows and our doors. You know, let's get a little roly poly ladder that we can put by some of the right windows. Let's get a couple first aid kits, maybe a trauma kit or two. You know what I'm saying? Let's, um, get a safe for the upstairs and the downstairs and let's, you know, uh, throw some cameras in some right spots it's gonna be a little bit more spendy, a couple hundred bucks a pop mm-hmm. and, uh, Let's get a, a a good alarm system. There's lots of them out there. A lot of them work now. Um, maybe fortify a door to a hard room. Maybe fortify a front door. And mm-hmm. you know, you've you've pretty much really made yourself uh, kind of a decent security strategy. And it costs a couple of G's at the most. Right. But in terms of quality of life, <laughs> if it keeps what's most important to you mm-hmm. safe you know um and you're going to get what you pay for and i think it's 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 a, it's a really smart thing to invest in
1: right and you know when things go sideways and somebody is kicking in your front door you will have wished you had spent whatever no. it cost to make that situation stop yeah and that's you know don't have don't have remorse
0: over not doing what you were supposed to do when you had the opportunity to do it 100% and hopefully nothing happens. And exactly. And there's, probable, there's a huge probability mm-hmm. that nothing ever will happen. But mm-hmm. aren't you going to sleep better at night knowing that you've done everything you can just in case something does happen? Like you want to roll Absolutely. the dice bro? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
1: know I mean? I'm not gambling my wife and my son's life on that. You know, yeah. and plus, you may deter a thief from breaking into your house tonight, but you may never know that it happened because you did what you were supposed to do. Your yeah. system worked, deterrence worked. Yep. And you may not be able to say, Oh, I know a guy ran off. You know, that's just one of those things in life. You may
0: not get to know that answer, but you know, you were prepared yeah and that for me for us in security that's just the one that's like this the devil in the details you do a good job nothing ever happens they start cutting back happens all the time because they're like well why do we even have you nothing ever happened <laughs> we're doing our job you know what i mean oh Where's gosh that's got to be frustrating that's why you got to be taking notes on everything that happens everything you do like oh we stopped this mm-hmm. from happening We stopped that from happening you know um because um it's kind of just that civilian mindset is like, nothing's ever happened. Nothing will happen to me. Nothing is happening. Why am I paying for this so much? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, so that's, that's, that's huge. You don't Mm want to, you don't want to roll the dice on that. And as protectors, we can't always be home. So these are definitely things we need to make sure, you know, our home is our number one and first enterprise. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the fruit of that is something that speaks more about who we are as men and women and leaders and parents, than really anything else, other fruit of our lives, really, you know? So that's why I think this episode was awesome. You know, what, do you have any daily habits that you would suggest or that you do, uh, Andy, that contribute to you being a better person, uh, living your lifestyle, things like that?
1: Sure. You know, I try to be a person who understands my place in life. And where I need to be, you know, as, as a dad, I am a servant, you know, I, you know, I serve Jesus, I serve my wife, I serve my son, I make sure that they are safe, that is my place. And I just stay humble every day. And I am thankful every day that I get to do those sorts of things. Also, um, you know, when I go to bed at night, when my head hits the pillow, I'm praying, you know, God, watch over us and keep us safe tonight. Because as a human, I can only do so much. Yep. But There is a a much greater power that I can call on when I need it.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's good stuff, Andy, man. I, I appreciate that. Thanks for spending this time with us. What are you doing these days and where can we find you? Where can people find you? Absolutely. You can
1: find me at thesecuredad.com. I have a podcast, the Secure Dad Podcast. It's on iTunes, Castbox, everywhere you can find um, the podcast you're listening to now. You can find mine. And I've got a book, Home Security, The Secure Dad's Guide, that is available on Amazon.
0: Outstanding. Secure Dad, Andy with Secure Dad. Check him out. Good stuff. Up your security game. This matters to all of you because every single one of us has things we want to protect. The career is good, um, but man, you know, you don't want to gain the whole world and lose the stuff that you're most responsible for. So absolutely, that's the game. Hey, Andy, it's been an honor, brother. I'm glad. Hey, we man, got this thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. 100%. You got it, man. And Hey, listeners start looking for our live event. We got a live event. Check the website, executive protection lifestyle. Check my website, byronrogers.com and look for our live event. All right, y'all we'll, we'll talk to you soon. See you on the next podcast. Thanks again, Andy. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month. Five dollars a month, ten bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you wanna put it towards something that's going to good use, put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com lifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love that blew up and is one of the fastest growing if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com If you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com and I'm on all the social media platforms Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So Until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.